Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast, bringing you encouragement and challenging believers to spiritual change and growth by applying biblical principles to everyday life. And now your hosts, Sasso Mendez and Ben Ariano. Welcome everybody to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is episode number 44. Wow. I'm here with my good friend and faithful servant in the faith, Sasso Mendez. What's up, Ben? What's going on? How much, bro? How We're you doing, man? Good. We're a week from Thanksgiving. We are. We intended to record this episode the week of. We, we, we wanted to release this for Thanksgiving. Um, so it's kind of a, like a belated Thanksgiving episode. It's still a Thanksgiving episode. Well, you were working on some heavy hitter for Thanksgiving, and then we never got, we got ghosted on that. Yeah. Casper. Yeah, we, we, we've been trying to work on a couple of, uh, a couple of them, actually, uh, get, get a couple of guests on the show, and unfortunately, one of them has ghosted me, but hopefully, I don't know, maybe they just got busy, maybe, you know, maybe it's just turkey, uh, I don't know. Turkey fog or? Something. You know, Pre-turkey fog. They forgot. Speaking of which, did you get any uh, tricky tacos this year? I did not. So yeah, mm. last night, you know, we were at the game, and your sister reminded me. She's like, uh, "Hey Ben, uh, we had turkey tacos this year. We missed you." And I said, "Yeah, I missed the turkey tacos." <laughs> <laughs> I did make some on Saturday, so maybe I should have had you over. That's pretty legit, home. man. So you you made them? I did. Well, I fried them. I should say. Okay. Rebecca seasoned them and cut up the meat, and I just fried. So them. you put them in the tortilla, and you put the you put the turkey in, and you fried them. The corn tortillas, yes. Okay. I got like burned. That's the part I did. You know, the, you know, pop, 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 pop. Oh, wow. You know, some meat comes out and it pops oh, in the yeah. front. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think like Rito's puts toothpicks in them. I think I'm going to try that to seal it so nothing comes out. So did you make rolled tacos or were they just the... No, regular head? tacos. Yeah. Regular okay. like you would get at so you Federico's. Seal, so, so you seal the top so that they don't I did not. Up. I just... So my mom always taught me like you, you just hold it, let the bottom right. get hard, and then you lay it on the side. That's what I did. Okay. But they were opening you up and popping? Is that what you're saying? Well, some of the meat came out, and then that you got to get that meat or the meat will pop. You know what I mean? It you know, kind of yeah. burned me. Yeah. One time my sister got mad at me, and I was you know messing with her, and she straight got a taco from the fryer and put it right up to right, right on my stomach, like, bam! I was like, Ooh. It put a hole in my uh, wow. shirt. Wow. Yeah. Man. She seems nice and sweet, but sometimes, you know, she she has her way of getting back to you. I quit messing with her, I'll tell you that. Oh, man. So, taco panza. Yeah, know. usually I get burned with the uh, bacon grease or chorizo. Yeah. Chorizo pops a lot, man. I don't know why. I put, I put it on the griddle. I have a little griddle that we cook it on. It's an electric griddle. And I usually make the bacon or the chorizo there, and uh, it usually pops, you know, makes a big old mess all over the counter. Well, I was wearing that, uh, the sun sweater you bought me last year, and so it was black. So I was like, oh, cool, maybe it won't show. I didn't see any, so yeah. I was happy with that. As long as it don't burn no holes, right? Yeah, you don't hurt a hole in your panza. You know I mean? <laughs> right on my belly button right there. I had a scar for the longest time, but it's healed now. I for, you know, we're forgiven. We're good. We move on. But, you know. uh, but yeah, I did, I did miss the, the turkey tacos, man. We, in fact, we, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of uh, leftovers, to be honest. We had, uh, we had leftovers on the following Sunday as we ate, and that, and that was pretty much it. I mean, I think, I think we still have like some mashed potatoes with sides, but the turkey ran out. Yeah, we got Quit. sides and nobody wants them because there's no nothing to go with it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's kind of hmm, yeah, you know, yeah, kind of kind of died away. You know, it's hard to match it all up, right? Because you just never know. I mean, what's well, a one time event? Like it's never as good to me as that night, yeah. unless yeah. you have turkey tacos. True. Then it's pretty good. Well, my buddy Isaac, I was talking to him, and he uh, what he tells me is he, he he cooks two turkeys. He does. He smokes one, and then he cooks one like in a little broiler or whatever inside, and. Uh, 
they always have, you know, a lot of leftovers. And I thought, you know, that's pretty not a bad idea. And I've, we've done that in the past. I've done two turkeys in the, in the smoker and, uh, yeah, you have a lot of leftovers. And I thought, man, why, why did we not do that this year? Cause you know, turkey tacos, uh, I like turkey tacos, uh, green chili, turkey enchiladas. Uh, we do a little turkey, like King turkey, fried turkey sandwiches. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good stuff you can make with turkey, bro. That sounds like uh, you got a plan there. Like it's a, that's a person I know in the church that has the same thing every every day of the week. Every, you know what I mean? <laughs> 52 times out of the year. You know what I mean? He has a set menu like the cafeteria. Baked chicken. Yeah. yeah. All week long, yeah. Baked chicken with pepper. Baked chicken with salt. Baked chicken with jalapeno. You know, yes, yeah. Kind of like, uh, was it on Forrest Gump? Bubba Gump, you know. Yeah. The, shrimp gum. Hours. Shrimp. Yeah. They're in the shrimp, forest of Vietnam. and he's, kebab. Yeah, he keeps going. And, oh. <laughs> Poor guy. R.I.P. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, it's interesting. So uh, I tried something new this year I hadn't tried. I think I mentioned it the other night when we were at Cane's. But so I, I, I was having uh, leftovers and I got the, the stuffing because I like stuffing. And I threw some olive oil and uh, I fried I fried the stuffing. And, it, you know, the edges kind of got nice and crispy, kind of crunchy. It was really good. Like next year, I think that's what I'm going to do. You know, once once the stuffing's done, before I serve my plate, I'm just gonna fry up some some turkey <laughs> stuffing, man. It was it was good, man. Well, shout out to Kiko. Uh, he listens to the podcast. Uh, buddy from work, he gave me that Whataburger sausage. Uh, he Ooh. brought it from Texas, and so Rebecca fried that up and put it in the stuffing, and pretty legit. Put a water size in my meal right there. Pretty 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 <laughs> good. Pretty legit. You know, I liked it. I I'm gonna have to try that too next year. Yeah. I've never heard of putting sausage into your stuffing. Oh, good. I'm gonna try it next year. I'm did good. you did you have it when you came over a couple years ago, or did you try it? The, the stuffing? stuffing, yeah. Did you put sausage in Rebecca it? Rebecca put sausage in it. I don't remember. She I, usually I does, but this time she put the Whataburger sausage. Okay, I think I would have remembered. Shameless plug for the dub there. Yeah, I, I mean, I may not do the Whataburger. I might put some Jimmy Dean in there, but you know, it's all that's what she usually uses. Good. But we had it in the fridge, you know. Might as well. Was yeah. it so? Was it good? What did you like I it better? Of course, no, that was really good. Did yeah. you like it better than the Jimmy Dean? Oh, uh, it was equivalent. I think it's water. It's Jimmy Dean with the Waterburger label on it. To be honest, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, but yeah. it's just Waterburger. Sure, I mean, sure. probably comes from the same factory. But sure, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you know, fine. I have to try that next year, man. That does. I think we're going to the Dub on Friday, maybe. I've only been there once in like you know four months. It's gonna be good, bro. I know. It's I gonna cherish be good. it. So I'm gonna I, have to have a shake on that night. I, I haven't. I haven't been in a while. I think I've probably been more frequent than you, but. It's been a while for me too. I haven't been there in a while. I mean, that was our that was kind of our spot. If it wasn't Graziano's, it was Whataburger. Yeah, and they can't close that down, bro. You know what I mean? And no more, no more Graziano's. So uh, it's different. It was good Sunday though. I gotta say the service was a little bit better. On the guy got a haircut, maybe it helped his brain put take a little bit of weight off. But he was better on Wednesday. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but he yeah. still messed, forgot something, you know, but. I don't think I've been there with a good experience yet, man. But he has a pad. I don't. I don't know how you forget. That, that's what that baffles my mind. Well, I don't think it even makes it to the pad because it doesn't make it to the to the brain because something happens in the ear. Like it. Like when you when you say something, it just it doesn't it doesn't process. It doesn't register. Yeah, the legalizing of marijuana had many uh, bad things happen, and that's one of them for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that he indulges a little too much, perhaps. Well, when I indulged at all, when I told him I wanted iced tea four times and then you repeated it and he still didn't get it, I was a little concerned. Did I tell him like the rapper? I think, I think yeah, I said, the you rapper. You said not. like the rapper iced tea. I mean, it wasn't, it was, I don't know if he thought it was you were just being funny, but just, I, <laughs> Pepsi, iced tea. Okay, Pepsi, <laughs> Pepsi for iced tea. I guess I'm having iced tea. I guess I'm having Pepsi. <laughs> like the rapper, you know, uh, iced tea. <laughs> I think, and then he came back out. He's like, oh, we're all out of iced tea. 
Oh, was that the day? I think so, yeah. Oh, man. But this time he brought us a pitcher. So I was like, because Jake was with us, and uh, he drinks a lot of iced tea apparently, and so he brought us a pitcher, and we killed two pitchers. Wow. So. Well, I'm yet to have a good experience there. I'll give him another shot, but it's probably only going to be if you go, uh, just because he knows you. And uh, He yeah. finally recognized me this time. Did he really? Yeah. I know this guy. Well, he kind of recognized me because he said, this guy's good for two to three teas. Like, that's like before we even get the meal. You know what I mean? He's my regular. He's yeah. been here like two or three times. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. We, we won't even go into that. Maybe. That episode is called Temperance. We'll get into that episode later, but not tonight. The night is, it's getting late on us, Ben. That's funny. That's funny. Good stuff, man. Well, Thanksgiving was good, man. Uh, enjoyed our Thanksgiving. Had some family in town. I had my aunt in town. Uh, Freddie came over. And so uh, it was just a nice, uh, it was a nice dinner. It was good. Freddie's um, girlfriend as well? Or? She, uh, no, she did not make it. Okay. Uh, her and the family uh, were sick. I believe they were getting over the Rona. And mm. uh, so, uh, but uh, they're doing better now from what I understand. And, um, but it was, it was a nice, uh, it was a nice Thanksgiving. How about you guys? You guys had a good. Yeah, we did. Uh, we, you know, unfortunately Nate couldn't be with us and um, Laney not, didn't come out this year. Um, but. My parents wanted to go see Nate, which was good. He got himself a car, and uh, so he was happy about that. But happy Thanksgiving, I'll never forget. Uh, But yeah, it was a good time with the family, and just like you were going to come over have a pie, and I was like, man, I'm so tired. And then you rode me like I'm tired too, and I actually went to bed like at 10:30 on Thanksgiving, which to me, like right now, it's 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 uh, 10 till 10. (laughs) I'm going to probably get to bed about 12:30 tonight. Uh, So 10:30, I was like, usually going to the weekend tired. I was. I was rested, ready for the chosen on Friday. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, I, I, I was, was ready. In, I was in bed by eight thirty. Oh. I wasn't asleep, but I was in bed. Relaxing. I was done. Yeah. I, it was. I don't know why. I just Rebecca's the one that did all the work. She got up early, and I got up at eight thirty, cleaned, and I was just tired. Well, I was up at five thirty that day. I remember I was working on some things uh, in the office here, and then uh, Razzy got up. I promised him we were going to work on his car. We put in a, a nice little lighting system, and a, we put something on his turbo to make some noise or whatever. But um, and then I smoked a turkey, you know, made some gravy. And that was my day. I mean, we watched a little bit of the Cowboys and uh, we had our dessert, had the family over. And man, it was bedtime. I mean, that was, it just flew by. It was a, it was a long day. Up it was a busy day. Up at 5.30. I was, I was done by, by 8.30, man. I was probably asleep by 9.30. I don't know. I even got to work out and run in that day because I knew I was going to sin <laughs> with, my calor- <laughs> with my caloric intake. <laughs> Stupid apple, you know, tells you, my you. Oh, yeah. Your, oh, yeah. your ring is not closed today. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, it was good, very good. Yeah. And I think this episode of kind of we we can segue into that. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. This is uh, so. So before we get into the uh, into the content, just real quick, uh, we are still raising money for a camera. Uh, we are over six hundred bucks. Oh, nice. We're doing pretty well. So uh, thank you to those donors. Third of the way there. Yes. So thank you to the donors who have have donated. Uh, we we really do thank you for for that. We are pretty close. We're getting closer to our our goal. And uh, we'd like to we'd like to reach around the fifteen hundred dollar point, but um, we love to uh, just ask for your your prayers. And if you uh, feel led to to donating, you can always donate at abundantlife.fm. There's a donate button on the upper right hand corner. Just click the button, and you can give a donation of your of your choice. So uh, again, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your donations. Uh, we do appreciate it. And also, just to uh, quickly mention, we are on YouTube. So hello, YouTube. Uh, I just want to mention, uh, would you subscribe to our channel? Uh, that's just so that you know uh, when a new episode is released. And that way, uh, yeah, you can you can see the latest episode as soon as it drops. I mean, hey, 
You get to be, be the first you, you one to see, see it. You can see these mugs right here. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that. Um, so anyway, with all that said, uh, let's uh, let's jump into some content. This episode is is titled "God is More Than Enough," Amen. and uh, th- this episode um, had crossed my mind. It was before Thanksgiving. I was trying to think of something I wanted to talk about uh, for Thanksgiving, and uh, initially we were trying to uh, work with uh, Phoenix Rescue Mission to get an interview. Uh, they they have a really cool uh, charity going on around that time where they get uh, they raise money so that they can feed. Um, the people that go into the rescue mission, uh, Thanksgiving dinners, it's like two bucks for a meal. Mm. And so I sent in a donation, which I was kind of hoping to butter them up a little bit. Um, but uh, unfortunately we, I just think it was probably busy, busy time for them. Unfortunately we were not able to get it, but, but the Lord had been working on my uh, heart about, you know, just, uh, just the, the whole subject of contentment. And, and I had heard a message, I think from, uh, from Jim Berg and he brought this topic up, you know, God is, God is more than enough. And I know in, in Freedom at Last, we talk about this as well. Um, so we're going to go ahead and kick this off uh, with, the, with the Webster's 1828. And Sasso, you want to you get that uh, Let's do it. definition? So Webster's 1828, enough. That satisfies desire or gives con- content. That may answer the purpose that is adequate to the wants. And I'll do the key verse, Ben, and I'll kick it over back over to you. Philippians 4.19, the Bible says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And, and, and it's such a powerful truth. You know, God is more than enough. Because if it is true, which it, it is true, it means that we should be trusting God to meet our every need. Um, yet we have this nasty sin called unbelief, and it leads us down a dark path into, into further sin. Uh, you know, and we're living in a time where where so many believers are are Bible illiterate, and I, and I don't say this to criticize, and I'm not trying to be mean. Um, I, I I have my moments where I don't read my Bible. I, I there's days where I don't read my Bible, and so I'm I'm not perfect by any means. But but the reality is that many Christians don't know the truths and the promises of of God that are found in Scripture, and therefore they fall victim to to unbelief. They simply don't believe that God is enough. I mean, just like one of the core pillars of freedom that lasts is the that knowledge, um, and we can't have knowledge of somebody without reading about him in God's word and knowing him. Right. Um, and it's like you have all the answers to promises, to hope, to contentment, to what is enough. But if you don't read it, you'll never know. And I think that's important because that's it's a column. Um, that's why I always say we can have just basic knowledge, but if we don't. Um, have God's wisdom and understanding, we can't apply it. It's like going to college and all college does is give you the tools. Right. You still have right. to know how to use the tools and right. execute the work. You just, you're just an educated fool if you do nothing with what you thought you learned. Well, it's, a, it's like a, it's like a, a relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, you take you and Rebecca, for example, when you guys were young, I bet you guys spent a lot of time together and because you wanted to get to know each other, uh, you get to know each other because you, you were attracted to each other. And that's how you build a relationship. And so uh, spending time in the word is the equivalent of that, where you spend time with, with God in his word, reading his promises and reading his truths and, and just soaking in all of that. And you get to know him. You get to know your God. You get to, you get to love him more every day. You get to trust him. You know, so uh, you, it's really important to, 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 to be in your, in your Bible. And I know, a lot of, I know a lot of people, you know, they think, well, you know, they feel like it's a checklist thing. You know, they got to check the, check the box today. I read, you know, 
uh, whatever, you know, that if they're on a 365 day plan, they got, they got to do it and check it off. And it's like, no, it's not a checkbox. And, and if you feel like that, then it's probably even better that you don't read it because you're not going to get nothing out of it anyway. It's really, you're seeking God, you're seeking his face. Um, it's a relationship that you want to build with him. Well, it's like you and I, right? We typically go to lunch once a week. Right. Um, I don't come with a checklist. You don't come with a checklist. Like, right. okay, we talked about these things. All right, right let's go. Right. Hey, we, There's no agenda. We need the bill. We need the bill. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's just spending time, right? right. Just talking right. about whatever. Yeah, life. And, life. Yeah, life things. And same thing with mm-hmm. who more so to share that with than right. Almighty God. You know. Amen. Amen. You know, and, and, and we're, we're bombarded with, uh, with ads, you know, that they, they tell us, well, you deserve more. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're plagued with instant gratification like social media. Uh, you know, we, we place our hopes and in our elected officials, uh, we commit mm. sin and we feed our flesh because we simply don't believe that God is more than enough. Mm. And, uh, you know, we had our recent uh, midterm elections here in Arizona, which just got certified this past Monday. Yes. And I know many folks are dissatisfied with the results. And I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm not satisfied with the results. Uh, and I'm not trying to get political here. Uh, but I just want to make the point that my hope is not in the governor of Arizona. My hope mm. is not in the president of the United States. Uh, my hope is in Christ. Amen. And I know the Bible. And I know how the Bible ends. Uh, and I know Team Jesus wins. Okay, Amen. I know that for a fact. Uh, and it's interesting that the Scripture deals with this idea of unbelief. And in fact, uh, we did an episode uh, on the topic of unbelief. Uh, this is back in I believe it was episode number seventeen to be specific. But unbelief is like a cancer for unbelievers, as the scriptures tell us that Satan blinds them from seeing the light of the gospel. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says this, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And I do realize that this speaks about unbelievers, but I can't help but think that Satan does the same thing to believers hmm. to keep them as if they were still in bondage. Amen. It's like the old Andy Griffith show, you know. I love it, Ben. You got twenty four seven. Yeah, you got to remember <laughs> uh, Otis. You know, he grabs the jail uh, cell key and hanging on the wall, and he lets himself out of jail. And it's like, lets he, himself in jail too. He puts him. Yeah, he puts himself in there too. Yeah, uh, you know. And Christians have been they've been forgiven, amen, and, and they've been freed from the bondage of sin, and yet we live as if we're still in bondage. So my question to you, Christian: Do you deal with unbelief? Do you believe that God is more than enough? Or are you discontent? Do you lust for more? Are you intrigued by the world? You know, throughout the Bible, we see this theme of unbelief, and it all started in the Garden of Eden. Uh, Adam and Eve, they chose to believe the lie of Satan, that God was not enough, and they wanted more. They wanted to be like God. And in a single act of sin, Adam brought down the entire human race into sin. I mean, I just go back to Genesis 3, where it, it kind of started there. Um, in verse, verse number one, it says, On the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, right? He starts to question yeah, God's goodness. Right, right. You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Mm. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, like he's questioning God. Uh, for God doth know that in that day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband 
with her and he did eat. Um, and I think of this just first that you think of they had everything in the world except the one tree, right? They it was had, perfect. It was perfect, yeah. They were naked. <laughs> you know, there's no need for clothes, no, no need for food. No shame, yep. No need for anything. All, And Satan convinced them that one thing would give them more than what they've already had what they already have. Um, and we forget that same thing with Satan does the same thing to us is when, Hey, I have this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I, you know, there's joy in my life, but yet I focus on the sins of the world. Like I, you know, why is that guy getting ahead and he's cheating or, um, why are they successful and I'm not, or why do I have to do this? Or why do I have to pay the tithe or why do I have to get up on Sunday morning to go to church? Um, instead of looking at it like I am blessed to go to church, I'm blessed to go to the job yeah. that God's given yeah. me. I'm blessed to give what's already his. Um, and we don't look at God's enough. And in my garden, I just I just think like, wow, um, how did in the world did Satan convince you that God was not enough when he was all you knew? You didn't know of any. There was no no television shows, no Internet. Nothing to compare it to. Nothing to compare it to. And yeah. he convinced you that you one thing and he was half he was a half truth to lie. But he put truth in there. Yeah, you would have knowledge, but not the knowledge that you thought you would have. Right. Uh, I was talking to a buddy and uh, the other day, and he was just saying, that how, I wish I could go back to you know world where there is no internet and mm. no television. I'm like, yeah. well, you still have that option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can choose to not have any internet yeah. if you want to. You yeah. still choose to use it. Yeah. Um, and it's you know the lure of the world, the attraction of the world. And you're going to get into that a little bit later in the podcast about the love of the world. But I just think of how Satan made him dis, and the opposite of enough is discontentment. Right. And he made him discontent in a perfect world without sin. And to me, that's, and he still, if he could do it to them, we better be careful because he's surely oh, doing yeah. it to us. Right. And he, and in the way he did it, he targeted the, the whole unbelief, right? He made them not believe that God was enough. So it was unbelief that led to the discontentment and the discontentment led to the greater sin, right? As if God was withholding something from them, right? Like God didn't want you to secret room in the house that you weren't allowed to go to that possessed all the treasures of the world. And you always want to go in the room and you go in the room like, well, it's funny because you really think about it. Uh, these are this is what marketing does. This is what marketing agencies do. It's called FOMO, fear of missing out. So the devil made gave them FOMO. Like they thought they were going to miss out on something. They were missing out on something greater, something something more. You know, it's that it's being covetous. You want more uh, because what you have is not enough. We and went through Black Friday, right, and Cyber Monday, and I didn't I didn't even look at Amazon, and my mind's like. What if there is something really cool in there that I missed? <laughs> right? Yep, because oh, that's yeah. what you're talking about, oh, right? Yeah. And then I just yep. said, you know what? It's it's gone. It's for I'm not gonna worry about it. You know, well, and, I'm not looking back. And you look at Lucifer, and he was cast out of heaven with one third of the angels as he lusted to be greater than God. So even even the devil at one point where he was he was a beautiful angel in heaven, and I think he, he was beautiful. Like he, he was, there was nobody be, more no. more be, had more beauty than he did. And he might still have that beauty, but he's he's fallen. I mean, he's 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 sin ridden. Uh, he hates God, and God God hates him. I think that's where it goes back to you know God looking at the heart, um, not on the appearance of man. And same thing with you know Lucifer. He's not as you know beautiful as he once was because of that because of the sin. Right, right. Well, the Apostle John warned us about this. He told us not to lust for the shiny things of the world, hmm. uh, but instead to trust and obey God. First John two fifteen through seventeen says, "Do not love." the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world. The desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the father, but it's from the, from the world. 
and the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Amen. So what's the problem? What, what, what's the, I mean, what, what's the, what's the, what's the issue here? What, you know, our, our problem is that we get our eyes off of God and then we put our focus on ourselves. I mean, we're, we're our favorite thing to think about. Uh, you know, we look at ourselves, we look at our circumstances, our failures, our sin, our shortcomings. Uh, we compare ourselves to others. Uh, we are, are by nature selfish and, and we love to think about ourselves and how we can live our best life now. I'm sorry, Joel Osteen, uh, living your best life now is not, is a lie. Uh, your best life is only for believers and will come when you are in glory with our savior, Jesus. So, that, that's what Terrell Owens used to say. I love me some me. You know, that's, that's, but he was truthful. I mean, that's, we all, we that's call how it we think. that way, right? That's how we think. And only by God changing us do we think of others and, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it doesn't come naturally for no, sure. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Nobody loves, you know, nobody gives me more problems in this road than, than me. And nobody loves you, loves me more than me. <laughs> yeah, right? That's right. Exactly. My hair's combed, teeth brushed. <laughs> <laughs> we ate some good dinner and some tea. Some good tea. Yeah, for uh, sure. And we, but we complain and, right. and we grumble and, and we believe the lie that God is not enough and, and, and that God is, is not in control and that God is or doesn't love me or that God doesn't bless me. We, we, we believe these lies. They're just they're 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 total lies. And, it, and it's this unbelief that drives us into a place of discontentment. And what, once we reach that point, we start looking for fleshly things that will satisfy us. And we then simply seek to feed our flesh and please ourselves, which is always through some sort of sin. And not everyone's sin is the same. Uh, not everyone is tempted by the same type of sin. Uh, but we all have fleshly desires and our bent and bondage towards sin can only be broken by Jesus. I think, Ben, just when we go in the Freedom Last curriculum and um, Jim Berg will talk about uh, just in the videos that uh, part of our thing that brings us in the core videos, he, we go into a lesson where he talks about uh, just the sin of uh, lust or mm-hmm. sexual desires um, because those give us instant gratification. Um, you think of people that choose to have affairs or uh, choose to watch pornography or whatever, that gives you instant gratification. And when you're saying what you're saying when you involve, indulge yourself in those sins is that you may say God is enough, but what you're really saying is he's not. He's not. I need God plus Something the else. fruit of the garden that right, I cannot right, have. Right. Or this that I this sin. I'm not willing to part with this because simply I truly don't act like God is enough. And in our world today, we have the same sex marriage, which there's no such thing, right? God's ordained it as a man and a woman. Right. And yeah, people caving to that, mm-hmm. um, even Christians that will try to fit with the world and trying to say, oh, you know, we need to be sensitive to all people, but that's not what God called us to be. That's oh. to me loving the world right. and loving the opinion right. of man rather than the fear of than fearing God. Or even like it says in Romans one, serving the creature rather or thanking or serving the creature rather than the creator. Um, and so the problem is that we can't be satisfied with the things of the world. God is the only one that can satisfy our souls. He's, he's the one that gives peace to our souls. He's the one that gives us joy. He gives us comfort. Uh, he gives us the power to mm. say no to sin. Uh, he's the only one that truly gives us contentment and satisfaction. And we see a clear example of this uh, from the Apostle Paul. And Paul was seeking relief from some sort of physical condition or ailment. Uh, the Bible's not specific. Uh, I know that uh, commentators have gone back and forth with this. Uh, but he strongly desired uh, to have a, a, a perf- to be a perfectly healthy man, whatever that ailment was. 
Uh, so much so that he prayed about it three times. And then God responded, but not in the way that Paul had hoped for. Second Corinthians uh, 12, 7 and 9 says this. So to keep me from becoming conceited or prideful uh, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace Ooh, is sufficient amen. for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And essentially, God told Paul, I'm enough. My grace is sufficient for you. And he did not give Paul relief, but instead he told Paul to trust and depend on God because he is enough. I mean, there was, I listened to a podcast. We used, we used to be big into the uh, Just Thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah. listened to them in a long time. Yeah, it's been a minute. They're like four hours long and they come out. I follow, I follow Daryl on Twitter, though, yeah. so I see what he's posting. Once every six weeks or whatever they come out because they, they're so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, but listening to it, there was a, I heard, uh, you may know this person, Ali Bestucky, who's pretty big in the Twitter world and she posts a lot. She's a Christian conservative and uh, she has a book called, uh, for, it's for young ladies, for women. Um, it's meant for that for that uh, that crowd there, and it just says, um, "I am not enough, and that's okay." And the premise is that because you're you're not enough, and that's okay. And I was talking to a brother today at lunch, and he was talking that he struggles with um, self worth. And I said, "Well, we don't have any self worth. Right. Our worth right. is in Christ Jesus." Amen. I'm not. You know, really, I'm not. Also, I'm not. You're you're not Ben so much as we are filled with God with the gifts or whatever, our personalities, that's God. You know, we use these for sinful purposes at times, but God's given us the tools that we need and God's given you the tools and you, you're a big asset to the church and the things that you do to help. And, but God gave that to you. It's not like you're, I woke up, I'm smart one day, like, no, God gave you the brain or whatever, the ability. And as we get older, we lose some of those physical abilities just because of age, but God gives that. And just like Job said, God gives and God takes away um, but it's a very true thing that we have no true self-worth outside of Jesus Christ. He is our worth, not us ourselves. We are not enough. Well, I mean, it straight up tells you in Romans, there's there's none righteous, no, not one. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're a pastor, if you're the the pope or what, whatever you, whatever level of you know religion that you think you are. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. There's only one righteous one, and that's Jesus. Um, so... Like you said, we don't uh, we don't have self worth. Our worth is in Christ. It's found. Our identity our identity is found in Christ because He is enough. You know That's I mean? right. I mean. That's right. Romans uh, fifteen thirteen um, says, "May the may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope." And uh, it's interesting. Uh, Jim Berg once said in a sermon, "If you stick joy and peace in a blender and mix it up." You will get contentment. Um, God is the true source of joy and peace. He gives Amen. joy. He gives you the peace. You can't just muster that up. Like you can't just all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to be uh, just at peace. I mean, you look at you look at people today. There's there's no there's no self peace. You know, people are trying to do uh, what is it? Uh, the, yoga or yeah, yeah, like yoga or Eastern type meditations and stuff. You know, clearing your mind and all of this. You know, to try to bring their soul at peace, but it doesn't. It does not work. The only the only way you have peace is, is through Jesus, um, which means He is the true source of, of contentment. So my challenge, I guess, would be for Christians to find satisfaction in God because 
God is enough. Uh, so, so, so be content in the Lord. Um, and it goes back to our relationships, right? That he gives us, whether it be a marriage, whether it be the car he's given you, whether it be the job he's given you. And I think Jim Burke talks about this too in the, um, you know, the Bible series that, uh, it's a, it's quite awesome. a noisy quite awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. And he talks about like, okay, God gives us desires to maybe I want to advance in my job. Right. But if God shuts the door on that, my reaction to that is what will tell me if I'm content in God and he's enough right, right. or if I'm wanting, I'm only content with this. And right. That's what people will always say. Like if I only had that husband or if I only had that <laughs> wife, I only had that job or only if I had that bank account or that car, and this, I mean, that's the whole topic of he joy and peace, right? It's contentment because yep. we're like, yeah, sure. I would love a, a 1964 Impala, right? <laughs> Tricked out. But the car I have now is, has heated seats for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, it's nice. <laughs> right, right, like, right, right. And God's given me all these things. Yeah. And it's like, we so much forget. Yeah. And that's what the brother I was talking to today just said, you think the children of Israel, God gave them food, right? Just, he dropped it to them. All they had to do was pick it up. Yep. And they still complain, right? And that's, we struggle with that joy and peace. And just, I think of going to bed at night and no greater feeling than to have nothing between you and the father laying down and falling asleep. And that's that contentment that he gives wherever we may be. And you're going to get into that a little bit later about brothers that weren't in the, a great place, but still had this joy and peace. Amen. Amen to that. And so, yeah, so as, as we transition from, from the problem, what, what's the solution? I mean, how do we, how do we, how do we deal with this issue of, of not only just unbelief, but, but being discontent, um, having a, a heart of ingratitude, um, you know, how, how do we, how do we overcome this unbelief and lust for more? Uh, so I came up with a couple of, of solutions and, 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 uh, this is just based on some scripture that I was reading. Uh, and, and basically what it boiled down to is, is contentment and gratitude. And so Christian contentment is a surrender to God, whether he changes your circumstances or not, because he always gives us. Okay. So I want to, I want to say that again. He always gives us what we need. You know, you might say, well, what about a flat tire or, or I lost a job or what about a, a loss of a loved one. That's a mm. tough one. That's a mm. hard one. Mm. Uh, God doesn't make mistakes. He, he's all wise and all knowing, and he knows exactly what you need, even if we think we don't need it. Um, you know, and, and uh, if we go look at uh, Sermon on the Mount here, and it's interesting, we just saw episodes uh, one and uh, two of season three of The Chosen. And what was really cool is uh, uh, the first episode was uh, Jesus giving that Sermon on the Mount. Just so powerful how uh, you, you know, he was speaking to thousands and I don't know how his voice was amplified and he was just on the side of this hill uh, giving this amazing and, sermon. And the context of that is that they'll tell you is that area um, in a book I read is that it naturally gives off a, it projects the sound in that area. And that's why he, I mean, obviously he chose it. He, he chose made it. the world. So he like, that's a good acoustic spot, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's why it, and it reverberated amongst the, right. the many thousand that were there because of the location he was at. I, I highly recommend watching it. It's just cool to see it. Like, you know, you, you read it in the scriptures, you read the Sermon on the Mount, but when you see kind of how it could have been portrayed, obviously it's not a, an actual reenactment, um, but it gets your creative mind thinking like, wow, that's how it could have been. 
uh, it's just really powerful. It's very powerful. Because well, they're verses to us. Right. But this is what he ser- It was spoke. a sermon to he them. He was preaching. Yes. Yeah. So everybody took away something different. Like when you go to the church on Sunday morning, like yeah. pastor preaches. Holy Spirit was at work. I remember, man, I, when I first started going to church, uh, when, when I first got saved, I, I was sitting in the seat and, and I'm looking at pastor and pastor, you know, he's preaching up there and he's looking all around and I'm thinking... Did somebody tip him off? To, how does he know so much? Of, like, how does he know? Like, how does he know I'm dealing with this? Or, you know, like... How, Did you look at Diane? I know. I'm just like, what's going on here? <laughs> some kind of conspiracy. Like, how does he know? You know, and he's just preaching through God's word. I mean, it's just expositional preaching, and you know, and he's just preaching the word. It's that sword. And it was just powerful. It was hitting me. Mm. You know, the, I was just being uh, convicted and just, it was just, you know, it was powerful. So I just can't imagine what it would have been like seeing Jesus preach this, but. Do you want to go to break, Ben, before you get into these, uh, these next verses? Here? Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break and, uh, and, and we'll be back and we'll get into uh, Matthew 6, Sermon on the Mount. Are you looking to apply God's truth in a practical way to your everyday life? Stay in the Fight is a weekday devotional written by Sasso Mendez. This short three-minute read looks at a verse of scripture and applies it to life in a very real and transparent way. Sasso's blog-style writing is humorous, relatable, and a great way to align your thoughts with God's Word. Visit stayinthefight.online and subscribe to get notified by email when it releases each weekday. Stay in the fight is a great way to keep God in your focus, and it's easy to share with others. That's stayinthefight.online. And we're back. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, let's read through Matthew 6, uh, verses 25 through 33. Uh, Again, Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And is the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, Mm -hmm. O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Amen. What and a powerful, powerful it, it, verse. It's powerful. It really is. Uh, you look at Psalm 23. This is back in the Old Testament. This is this is a Psalm of David. Uh, and, and, and David, you know, he proclaims that with God, we have no need of anything else. So Psalm 23, verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I, I mean, that verse alone, it, it says God is enough. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Um, and that's the valley, right, Ben? That's the valley of, he talks about death. The valley of death, so you're, yes. In that moment, you find contentment that he is, you're just following the shepherd. Right. You're it, trusting him. It's just saying that he's enough. God yeah. is enough. Amen. I don't need anything else. Amen. And the apostle Paul, he learned what it meant to be content in any circumstance, as he states in Philippians. Uh, we read Philippians 4, 12 through 13. It says, I know how to be brought low and how to abound. And in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing Plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things to Christ or through him. 
who strengthens me. And I know that that verse always gets taken out of context, but, but this is the context of it here. Paul says, God is enough. He's all I need. I don't have to worry about being hungry or I don't have to worry about abundance. He knows exactly what I need. Uh, we look at the, the writer of Hebrews, uh, and, and the writer of Hebrews tells us to be content because God is more than enough in Hebrews 13, uh, Five or uh, thir- thirteen five through six says, "Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have." For He has said, "I will never leave you, nor forsake you." So we can confidently say, "The Lord is my helper; I will not fear." What can man do to me? And I find it interesting yeah. in the, those verses. You know, it's it starts off with the love of money. You know, because that's you know a lot of people deal with financial struggles. I mean. We live in, in in the United States of America, the greatest country in the world, and and we're so rich here. Uh, I think most other countries around the world uh, would love to have the amount of abundance that we have here in this country. And obviously, we take it for granted. Uh, we do we do have you know people that live in the you know uh, less abundant uh, situations here in the U.S. Uh, but for the most part, most of us we we don't know what it's like to be without. Oh, well, we have clean water, you know, and um, a lot of countries don't have clean water. No. We have an, you know, we have a, a toilet, and some people have bidets. You know, <laughs> that's another subject for another day. But there's just so many things that. And Rebecca was talking about like sometimes she feels as though the rich um, don't care about money, but I think a lot of times the rich do care about money more than anything else because there's a fear of losing it, right? And then there's a fear of not having enough of it. I mean, just we hear these outlandish. Um, you know, athletes, what they make and mm-hmm. what, what can't you buy with 50 million that you can buy with 400 million? Like what, how much is enough, you know? And just as Mary Poppins would say, right. A, a feast isn't is as good as enough. I mean, it, uh, whatever enough is as good as a feast. Um, and that's just how much do you really need? Right. And, yeah. but when you get that, you, cause you're depending on something other than God for your contentment. Right. Right. And we realize once you get that, it's there's no contentment in money, right? Because it's here today, and as your four hundred one k is gone tomorrow, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean a guy like Elon Musk. I mean he's one man. Uh, he spent forty some billion billion, not million, on a social media platform, and it's like, how does that happen? I mean, uh, I I don't. I'm pretty sure Elon's not a, a not a Christian. Um, I wonder where his hope is. I wonder where his dependence is. Like, is he just, does he just depend on his assets? You know, I, I, I don't know how that works. I, I, I wouldn't know what that's like. I'm not, not a rich person. I'm thankful that, uh, I do have my hope in, in, in Jesus. I know that that's, um, that's being more rich than anyone else could possibly be. I mean, you know, the creator you can't pay for that, the ben. creator of heaven and earth. I mean, it's, you can't buy that. No, it's, it's a free gift. No, it's a, it's a free gift. Yeah, it came awesome. in, it came in a large cost. That's right. But it, but it is a free gift, Amen. you know, but contentment, you know, it's, it's being settled in your heart in the face of any circumstance. Again, that's any circumstance because you know that God is more than enough. Um, and so, so, you know, kind of transitioning into from contentment to gratitude and thanksgiving. And so that's kind of, uh, you know, we, we wanted to relate this episode to, to uh, Thanksgiving, which has uh, we, we passed by now. But um, our, our tendency is to focus on the things that, that we don't have or the things that we want, uh, just like you were saying. You know, in reality, God is, is the giver of good gifts. He, he loves us. He gives us exactly what we need. And therefore, we should, we should have a heart of gratitude. We should be thankful to God for all of his blessings, but primarily the gift of salvation through Jesus. I mean, I think about just 
you know, we maybe a week late on the thankfulness part of it. But I think Thanksgiving to me is a kickoff into the Christmas season, right? Uh, to be thankful. And I know that I forget the president that did, and maybe it was Lincoln that did the Thanksgiving that made it a national holiday. But it's a point of, okay, we have Christmas, and right after, I mean, Thanksgiving, we have Christmas. And just like you said, the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And to have that gratitude for the things that we have. And I remember just, you know, Christmases where, you know, I wanted, I had this specific list of things I wanted. And if I didn't get those things on that list, I was unhappy amidst, you know, a room full of presents, you know what I mean? And just because you're just an immature little kid, you know. Um, And I remember Rebecca gave me that dartboard and I never played darts in my life. And I'm like, well, you know, what? You know, what happened to your mind that thought, hey, Sasa would like a dartboard, you know what I mean? And I, you know, and I was very ignorant in um, being discontent with the gift she got me. And it like broke her heart. Like she was like, well, you never played before, but I thought you would be something you would enjoy, you know? And I'm like, why would you think that? I, I, I never, you know, um, you know, I remember my dad getting so mad at me. And that's just a, uh, God brings that to mind. Um, I know it's a silly illustration, but God brings it to mind to say, be content with, you know, even the things that maybe you don't want. But you, somebody thought enough of you to give you a gift, whatever it may be, you know, because it's, you know, we celebrate Christmas and we give gifts symbolic of the greatest gift of all and to not appreciate that, you know, symbolism or to make it about, you know, things, make it about yourself. That's, you know, God's teaching me through that to say, okay, maybe we're a week late in the Thanksgiving one, but man, this is a great kickoff to say, you know, tomorrow's December the 1st, when this probably release after that. But just the advent, you know, that you can start getting into for Christmas and just every day to be thankful for what God has done and what he is doing and what he will forever eternally do. And that Amen. great gift that we can be thankful to him every day of the year. But in especially in this Christmas season, mm-hmm. there's a lot to yeah. be thankful for. Amen. Well, it's interesting because you have Thanksgiving and you have, you know, families all over. It's, it's a U.S. holiday. So you have people all over the U.S., uh, you know, sitting around a turkey and. And many of them are, are, are maybe going around and saying, you know, they're, they're thankful for something. Um, many of them are just saying what they're thankful for, but not saying who they're thankful to for the thing that they're thankful for. Um, right. And then the other thing that's interesting about Thanksgiving is that the following day is Black Friday. <laughs> and it's just like another, it's a day of greed. It's, it's a crazy day. I mean, people are going to stores and trampling people to buy a TV or to buy the next PlayStation or or whatever it is, you know, whatever that gadget thing is that is on sale, 50% off or whatever. And, and people will act like crazy people on, on Friday after they were just being thankful on, on Thursday. So it's, it's interesting how that all works out. But I love what you said. You, you, it's a good kickoff to the Christmas season because we're thankful for, for our Savior, Jesus, who, who, who we're celebrating. That's the, uh, I just, I just uh, gave my wife a little gift. It has a little signage on it that says Jesus is the reason for the season. And, and that's what it is. It, it, I know people make it out to be about Santa Claus and all of these other things uh, that's not what Christmas is about. Um, this is kind of why I don't like putting lights on my house. I'm kind of a Scrooge. Um, but but I just, because I just want to focus on what the real meaning of Christmas is, which is celebrating our Savior's birth. Maybe you got to put one of them uh, signs, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season and lights that you can put out in the front. And I think I've seen people do it. People yeah. do the manger scene and right. things like that. Um, or Jesus, I think from across the street from the church, on Yorkshire there, there's a oh, house yeah. that puts out lights. It's, I think that. Jesus is a reason. Yes. Or it just says Jesus. I'm not sure, but it's a powerful just yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, it's a powerful name and his son, you know, whatever. Um, 
but not whatever, but just it's a powerful message of the Christmas season. And, right, right. Um, and I remember I worked retail, so I've seen the oh, worst of people. Oh, I can't and imagine. And even on the Thanksgiving night when we would open on the what we call Great Thursday, people just finished turkey are so being thankful and just trampling people or fighting with people. And we had, had to have police there to be fist fights and just, it was insane. That's like, crazy. You know, for a TV from China, that's cheap. You know what I mean? Like 60 inch, $400 TV. I have to have it that I'm going to go to jail. You know, that's just how we, you know, we become from thankful to unthankful and just, just a hard. Oh yeah. Just shop online people. <laughs> Save yourself. The, yes. Oh, the man. drama. Um, first Thessalonians five sixteen through 18 says, rejoice always pray without ceasing. Uh, and then it says something really interesting here. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. Amen. Um, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Uh, and it's interesting because this verse doesn't say to be thankful only in times of blessing, but it says to be thankful in all circumstances or every circumstance. Um, and, and I'm not saying that that's easy. But it's exactly what we're called to do. It, it's not easy to be um, thankful when you have a loss of a loved one or when you lose your job or your house burns down or there's some kind of catastrophic event, a hurricane or an earthquake or whatever it might be. There's there's always some big trial or adversity that comes at you. Um, and it's it's not always I know that's not always the first thought on my mind is to give thanks for, for something like that. But it's what we're called to do, according to this verse. Um, Paul and Silas, uh, and, and this is an example. I love Paul cause he wrote, he wrote the book, he wrote the first Thessalonians, but then we have an example of him in the book of Acts and Paul and Silas were, were beaten. They were thrown into prison. Basically they had, um, they had been dealing with this, uh, little girl who was demon possessed and they cast the demon out of this little slave girl. Uh, and they ended up getting thrown in, in jail. Uh, you know, and, uh, Paul and Silas, they had this different mindset, you know, than, than I would have had, uh, in Acts 16, 23 says, and when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. That is a heart of gratitude in a, in time of adversity. I mean, they were going through a trial. I mean, they were uh, they were thrown into to jail. They had just been beaten, and here they are. They gave thanks and glory to God. Uh, I, I, like I said, I don't know how I would have handled that uh, situation. I don't think I would have handled it like this, if I'm being perfectly mm, honest. Yeah. Um, but they lived out exactly what I just read in First Thessalonians five sixteen and eighteen. Man, I think of just um, just discussing this with Rebecca about just something different on Monday night and how Jesus, he said, for the you know for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, um, and then now the reward is he sit at the right hand of the throne of God, um, and that was a painful time, but our joy and thankfulness and gratefulness is not dependent on circumstances or what we get or what we don't have, but it's based upon Jesus Christ Amen. and what we do have in Him, and I think Paul and Silas. I think they were joyful to be imprisoned for God, for doing something for for eternity, for having an eternal impact, and to say, "Woo, we we got arrested for for yeah. for doing God's will. Yeah, we got beat for Him." Yeah, and now we're you know we're so soft as Christians, and you know we don't want people to know we're Christian, right. and right. you know we try to hide that, and 
Um, and these guys were rejoicing because, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it just going back to just Romans one, um, you know, if I could just real quick talk about that is just, if you start, if you look at the depravity of the world, mm-hmm. um, it all starts there is because they said they were unthankful. Um, and for us as Christians to be unthankful is really kind of where the, where it starts because then once we're unthankful, it just starts to lead to, he's not enough. He's, and then we just go down that road Discontentment. of you have, mm-hmm. you know, men thinking, wanting to be women, women wanting to be men. And they forget that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and God's made what you, God has made you is perfectly, enough. Perfectly. Perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you have a mendous nose, whatever it is that you dislike about yourself. Right. You know, and we, it, he is not enough in our life and we have problems once we do that. No, it's totally true. And, and, and I think, uh, uh, you know, being that it's, it, it is the Thanksgiving season, we should reflect on those things and we should be thankful to God, uh, for these things. I mean, you're right. The depravity that's going on right now and, uh, not just our country, but even just around the world, it's, it's, it's horrendous. And we ought to just take some stocks, take, take some time and reflect on, on the good things that God has given us. We always tend to reflect on, on the bad stuff. We always remember the bad things or the things we don't have or the things that we want. But we should think about, man, thankful, thankful, thankful for small things. Lord, thank you for waking me up today. Thank you for giving me breath today. You know, thank you for supplying my every need for feeding me today. I mean, there's endless things that you can thank the Lord for. And, and I think that heart of gratitude is, is one of the keys to, to overcoming this, um, this unbelief and discontentment. And I, I just think of, we were, I was talking to his brother today and, uh, just a pastor will talk about a story about his two daughters and they had gone to the zoo and had this great day and they were, you know, it was, it was a fantastic day they had. Uh, I don't know if they went to Peter Power Pizza, whatever the case may be, but the older daughter got in a fight with the younger daughter and at the end of the night, you know, the mom was like, hey, did you have a good day today? She's like, no, my day was terrible. For one instance, you know, and that's how we get so many times is when one thing doesn't go away or we're stuck in traffic, you know, it kind of ruins our day. And uh, today got some bad news from work. Uh, just And it's not really bad news per se, but my boss is is going to another project. And I was kind of bummed about that. Like he kind of gave me a shot here and he's kind of helped me and mentored me and um, done a lot for me and kind of grown under his leadership. And I was bummed. And then another lady that I know that I've worked with for several years, uh, I mean, she hasn't been at work for like a month. And he told us today that she has stage four cancer and she's probably 42. She's probably 42, 43, very young lady. I was like, man, like I know her, like it's, you know, it's, you know, just double blow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I was just told Rebecca, like, it's not like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not used to feeling these emotions, right? Cause you're a man and you try to suppress everything and like, I'll get over that. And like, but I feel bad. Like I just, you know, I feel for her and I'm just kind of bummed that my boss is, uh, she's like, well, I'm sorry you've had a bad day. And I was like, you know what? I didn't have a bad day. Just bad things that I was made aware of or, you know, things that I weren't, that weren't unpleasant, but it wasn't a bad day. And I think it's, we got to put in context like these things that, and maybe it's an opportunity for me, you know, if I ever get a chance to talk to her and, uh, you know, opportunity to, to be a witness or to have another boss that I, you know, you can influence for the glory of God and to look at, okay, what is God doing in my life? I don't know the big picture. Um, so it wasn't a bad day per se, but we can make, you know, be ungrateful for things if we allow that to, because Satan will use those things to, to do all kinds of things. And, and we become discontent and unthankful because of those things that God allows in our life. Well, I think that you feeling bad is just an indication that you care. You care for this woman who got cancer. You care about your boss. You, you know, you had built a relationship, yeah. a work relationship, and you feel bad. He's going. I mean, just just an indication that you care. I don't think it just. It's not that you're ungrateful or you're not thankful. It just you care, and 
just a bummer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. it's not like, I mean, God's, right. God's good still through on, it all. Still on the throne. Amen. Yeah, that's right. So I'm going to conclude here. Uh, what I want to do is I, I want to get into Psalm 73. I think you kind of touched on on this uh, subject just a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. And Psalm 73 is a special psalm to me. I may have mentioned this before on the podcast. I can't remember. Uh, it's a wonderful psalm of Asaph. However, the, the last message preached by a dear friend and pastor uh, was from this psalm. And the psalm talks about how Asaph lusted after the prosperity of the wicked. You know, so so my question to you is, have you ever, have you as a Christian ever wondered why the wicked prosper? Or why do the wicked get away with lies and crimes? I mean, we see this prevalent in, in our society and politics and all of that. Uh, why, do we, why, do, why do the wicked seem to be the, the lucky, quote unquote, lucky ones uh, or, or wealthy ones or, or the ones in big houses or the ones that don't ever have to seem to have problems? Uh, why, is it, uh, why does it seem that uh, they have it easy, you know? Uh, when I'm over here obeying God and trusting God, like you know, a good little Christian, and and I and I get all these trials and circumstances and adversity in my life, you know, why do they why do they get the good stuff, you know? And Asaph was having this exact internal battle, and he couldn't just he couldn't understand, he couldn't wrap his head around uh, how this could be. Uh, and then about halfway through the psalm, Asaph seeks God's face, and he gets his resolve. Asaph understood that the wicked do have do not have hope. They do not have a bright eternal future. Uh, they will be judged one day and they will answer for their wickedness. But the most insightful thing was that Asaph understood that God was more than enough. And in Psalm, I, I would encourage you to read the whole Psalm. Go read the whole Psalm. It's an amazing Psalm. Um, but I'm just going to read uh, Psalm 73, 25 and 26. It says, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is my strength of my heart and my portion forever. Uh, just, just a very powerful verse of, of the mindset that Asaph had. And this is, this is how, how we ought to be. We should have this mentality uh, that God is, is my everything. He's my portion forever. Uh, God is more than enough, you know. So my question to you is, Christian, can you rest in the fact that God provides for your every need? You know, how about, how about are, are you facing a trial right now? Maybe you're dealing with a, a difficult circumstance. Maybe you're facing adversity. Where are you looking to for contentment in the things of the world? Uh, where, where are you looking for comfort in some sin of pleasure? Uh, I, I pray that we would have the mindset of Paul and Silas or the, the mindset of Asaph and that we would look to God as our great provider, as our comforter, and as our true source of peace and joy. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, just real quick, uh, follow us. If you get a chance, follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram. We're also on Twitter. Uh, if this episode has been a blessing to you, would you go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel and, uh, and uh, give it a like? And uh, we would uh, we would really appreciate that. And until next time, be thankful. Be thankful, and thank you. God is enough. Yes, Amen. God is enough. And thank you guys for watching. We appreciate you. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Abundant Life Podcast. We pray you were blessed by today's episode. Please visit us online at abundantlife.fm. Until next time, may God bless you.